Isn't that a great sound? <laughs> I, I got to tell you, as a mom, as a parent, I sometimes am up here sweating bullets a little bit because, <laughs> I don't know, my kid was climbing on the altar. And <laughs> but you know what? What did Travis read during Dominic's dedication? The, the paraphrased version, let the little children come to me. They are learning how to worship, and sometimes they are freer than we are in how they worship our King. Amen? And this should be a place, a safe place for them to worship, a safe place for them to worship with each other. They get it. They get community. They instantly love each other. Have you noticed that about our kids? There is no block between I need to know who you are first before I can love you. They just instantly love each other. Isn't that cool? So I just want to thank God for our children. I want to thank God that we have a lot of them. That's a sign of a really healthy church. It's really cool. And so never feel bad if your kids are noisy or climbing on the altar. Mine do it too. And anyway, <laughs> that has nothing to do with the message today. <laughs> but praise God, we have, been, we have been in the word and the theme that the Lord gave us for 2020 is greater things. A year of miracles, signs, and wonders. And when Pastor Travis and I were talking about this message back at the beginning of January, the message I have for you today, he gave me very at the very beginning. I knew this was going to be one in the series. And I love that. I love how the Lord speaks. This week has been a crazy busy week. We got to go to a minister's retreat at Kalahari for a few days, and it was awesome. But um, it was at a water park, and it was really busy because our three little people, you know, we had to save them from drowning kind of thing. So we come home Wednesday, and we're wiped. And Thursday's our first day back in the office and back at it in office work terminology. And I'm like, Lord, I woke up Thursday morning, and I'm like, Lord, I know that the, the message for this week is under the greater things, a year of signs, wonders, and miracles, and I know it's going to be about word and power. I know that much, but I got nothing else, so I'm going to need your help today. Yes. And I spent time with the Lord that morning. I spent about an hour praying, and I don't do that every day. Actually, this week made it a... Um, staple in my schedule. I've set my alarm to get up at a certain time every morning so that I make sure that I get that time. Because otherwise I'm a mom and so it comes and goes and, you know, up and down and with the kids it just depends on how they sleep and whatnot. But I've made it a point and I got up that morning and I started to pray. And I, I prayed for the first 45 minutes and I'm, I'm not trying to bore you with the details, but then I just spent time praying about you guys. I spent time praying about my family, about my home, about all the things that are surrounding me, and about greater things. And I made a list, a target list this year. This is what I'm targeting. And the Lord's like, I want you to get, I don't want you to just write a list, healing. I want you to be more specific. What kind of healing do you want to see? What kind of miracles do you want to see? What kinds of signs and wonders do you want to see? I want you to write that down. I want you to declare it every day. And I opened my Bible after I was finished with that part, and the Lord took me to Luke. And I knew that this message was for you back at the beginning of January. You cannot have the word and not have the power. You cannot have the power and not have the word. Amen? 
Every time we talked about greater things, it kept coming over and over. You cannot have the word of God without the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit without the word means nothing. He is still the Holy Spirit. He hasn't changed. But when you marry the two together, when you bring the two together, greater things. Greater things. The message, the first message in this series, we said, we are a family. You are a part of a family. We have been gifted divine access to the Father. Grace empowers us to receive unfading, inexhaustible riches of Christ, which are beyond comprehension. Loving Jesus gives us access to the impossible. Not just loving him, but being loved by him. When you receive his love, you have access to the impossible right now, today, not tomorrow, not next week, not when you're good enough, right now. Yeah, Emily, I love you. Loving him empowers us to fulfill his words, heal the sick, raise the dead, take care of the poor, the orphans, the widow, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Loving him empowers us to accomplish all of this. And last week we talked about shake off anything that hinders you. Shake it off. Get it off. Get it out of the way. I, I joked and I said, you know, when you get a spider on your hand, okay, how many of you would flip out and just start shaking all over? Get it off. Get it off. Okay. That was pretty good. Did you get that on camera? I hope not. Get it off. Anything that would step in between you and Jesus, shake it off. Get it off. It, be it sin Right? We talked about sin. Don't let anything get in, be it pain from the past. Whatever it is, shake it off. It is time to run without hesitation. The race marked out for you. That is his destiny for your life. So shake it off because greater things are in store. And the enemy wants to stop the greater things from happening. He wants to stop me from delivering this word to you today. So much so that Travis ended up sick Friday night, and I thought, oh, great, the whole house is going down. We got to have a backup plan. I prayed over him, went to sleep, woke up. He was good in the morning. Come on. Greater things. He has good things in store for you. He has a destiny like we talked about to Dominic today. He has a destiny for you. From the moment you took your first breath, right? Right? Isn't that what the song we sang this morning? Our scripture for this message is John 14, 11 through 14. Believe that I live as one with the Father. This is Jesus speaking. And that my Father lives as one with me. Or at least believe because the mighty miracles I have done. I tell you this timeless truth. The person that follows me in faith. These are our Savior's words. This is the truth. So hear this. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. The person who follows me in faith... In believing in me will do the same mighty miracles that I do. He said it. It's a timeless truth. If he is never changing, he never changes his mind. He never says, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Not for the believers in 2020. They don't get to do this. That isn't his word. Amen? 
I'm going to repeat that over and over again. We are unapologetically pursuing the fullness of what Jesus paid for. I want you to memorize that. I want you to write that on your fridge. We are unapologetically pursuing the fullness of what Jesus paid for. Not so that we can get miracles. Not so that we can see, get our name out there. Why are we pursuing all that Jesus paid for? Because when you pursue him, everything else falls into place. Your life makes sense. Your future makes sense. His glory in your life is the only thing that will make sense. Amen? So we will unapologetically pursue every part. Every part. I read a devotion this week, and I want to read it to you. This is by Bill Johnson. He's a pastor at a church out in Bethel, California, Redding, California. The church's name is Bethel. And I'm telling you, they see miracles every single day. They have a prayer house on their property, and they've had folks from all over the world come that are very sick. And one story that I heard was this person was dealing with cancer, and they literally stepped onto the path going into the prayer house, and instantly the cancer went away. It was gone. That's just one. That's just one of what God is cultivating in their church. And I watch, and I listen, and I, and I hear the heart of God. And believe me, there are a lot of people out there that think they're crazy. So there, there might be a lot of people out there that think life weighs a little crazy. But how, how crazy are we willing to be to believe the timeless truth of the word of God? If his word never changes, if he never changes, then this is the truth. I believe it, I'll stand on it, and I'll move in it. I don't care what anybody thinks. I want the fullness of him in my life, no matter the cost. No matter the cost. No matter how foolish people may think I look. It does not matter what people think. It matters what your father thinks. Get in that mindset and stay there and unapologetically pursue all of him. And so what I'm seeing coming out of Bethel is that unapologetic pursuit. They're on it. They're going. No holds bar. And this is the part that I want to read to you. Biblical passion is a mysterious mixture of humility, supernatural hunger, and faith. I pursue because I've been pursued. Lethargy must not be found in me. This is intense, guys. Hear this. And if the average Christian life around me falls short of the biblical standard, I must pursue against the grain. If the biblical Christian life is based on this timeless truth, then nothing changes what this says, and it doesn't change how we respond in situations. We're not going to just shrink back because we might look crazy, because you're in the middle of the hallway at work, and somebody is falling apart, and you need to give them Jesus. You give them Jesus. You don't hesitate. Go against the grain. If people are not being healed, I will not supply a rationale so that all those around me remain comfortable with the void. Ooh. If people are not being healed, I will not supply a rationale. Instead, I will pursue the healing until it comes or the individual goes to be with the Lord. At this point, the prayer of resurrection is appropriate. Come on. You agree with heaven, you agree with the truth of the word of God, heal the sick, raise the dead. 
nothing changes that. Even if we haven't seen it yet, even if in this circumstance or that circumstance it didn't happen, that doesn't change our theology. It cannot change our theology. In fact, it should bring us more into, I'm going to go into my closet with the Lord and I'm going to agree with heaven that cancer is done in Jesus' name. It's going to create a fervor that children will live in Jesus' name, that babies will thrive out of the womb, from the womb, out in Jesus' name. I will not bow to death because death has been conquered. Instead, I will pursue the healing until it comes or the individual goes to be with the Lord. I will not lower the standard of the Bible to my level of experience. This is so hard to do. When God doesn't show up like we think he does, we lower the Bible and say, all healing is not for today. Miracles are not for today because it's not happening the way I want it to happen or when I want it to happen. No, we submit to the Father. We submit to the Holy Spirit and we listen and obey and we leave the rest up to him. It is all for his glory anyway. It is all for his glory anyway. Jesus healed everyone who came to him. Every single one. Not one person that came to Jesus walked away rejected. To accept any other standard is to bring the Bible down to our level of experience and deny the nature of the one who changes not. You see, we, ch- we change the nature of God when we say, oh, he's not going to do this, and people watch. Is he good? Is he really as good as they say? We cannot change his nature based on what we've walked through. Amen? As for the ministry of power, so we just talked about the biblical passion. As for the ministry of power, whatever I receive from God, I must give away. You only get to keep what you give away. If you want to see people healed, look for those who are sick and offer to pray for them. While I'm not the healer, I do have control over my willingness to serve those in need. If I minister to the needy, I give him an opportunity to show his extravagant love for people. The ministry of signs and wonders will go nowhere if we are afraid of failure. We'll go nowhere. Randy Clark puts it this way, I must be willing to fail to succeed. Amen? He hears you. He's affirming you this morning that you are his people You are chosen by him. You are loved by him. You are daughters and sons. Jesus died to give you the authority to see heaven touch earth. So we settle for nothing less. Amen? We will unapologetically pursue all that Jesus paid for. Woo! He said it. I believe it. I'll stand on it, and I'll move in it. Period. There are two parts to this devotion, and how cool is it? So I told you that whole story about when God told me this word. And this week, then, my devotions, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, have been all about this. In a devotional, I have somewhere in here, in a devotional that I'm back behind on, okay? 
And it just happens to line up with exactly what God has been speaking to my heart and wants you to hear. He wants you to hear this. He wants you to know this. He wants you to get this with confidence, with no doubt, with no fear, unapologetically moving in it. So the word, we cannot do this without the word of God. Amen? The, the Bible is, is life. And I turned that morning to Luke 24, 44 through 49. And I want you to turn with me there. 24, 44 through 49. That's a lot of fours, and I'm having a really hard time saying it. <laughs> you are called to have a biblical passion, a passion for the word of God. I remember as a kid being really bored with the Bible and asking God to help me understand it because it just didn't make a whole lot of sense when I was a kid. The stories did, and that's what I hung on to, the stories. Why do you think Jesus told so many stories? Because it makes sense to us, and the word is alive. Jesus fulfilled, we talked about this over Christmas, Jesus fulfilled every prophecy in the Old Testament. Not one went unfulfilled. Jesus coming made this word, this Old Testament, the Torah, made it come alive. Jesus coming fulfilled it and made it make sense to not just the Jews, but to the Gentiles. Amen? So he says, Jesus says to his disciples, then he said to them, don't you remember the words that I spoke to you when I was still with you? I told you that everything written about me would be fulfilled. This is the last chapter in Luke when he's getting ready to go up to heaven after his crucifixion, after he's been raised from the dead. I told you that everything written about me would be fulfilled, including all the prophecies from the law of Moses through the Psalms and the writings of the prophets, that they would all find their fulfillment. Isn't that what I just said? I'm like, that's so cool. He just said what we've been preaching all December. All of them found their fulfillment in him. He supernaturally unlocked their understanding to receive the revelation of scriptures. Then said to them, everything that has happened fulfilled. I'm sorry. Everything that has happened fulfills what was prophesied of me. Christ the Messiah was destined to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Now you must go into all the nations and preach repentance and forgiveness of sins so that they will turn to me. Start right here in Jerusalem, for you are my witnesses and have seen for yourselves all that has transpired. And I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps around you. Jesus is the one that brings the word to life. Jesus is the one that supernaturally unlocks your understanding of his words here. Amen? He supernaturally unlocks your understanding. That's what he said. That's what happened to the disciples. Jesus is the word. He is the living expression Jesus makes this have meaning and purpose, and, and I, I can't even put it into words, but it's just, it's alive. It's alive. This is alive. This is a living book. This is not some dead letters on a page. This word is alive and has purpose and meaning in our lives. In John 1, I love this. While I was studying it, instantly John 1 came to mind. I'm the, I am the word. He is the word. 
If you go into John chapter 1, verse 1, in the very beginning, the living expression was already there. And the word is another word used for the living expression. The living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things, for nothing has existence apart from him. Life came into being because of him. For his life is the light of all humanity. And this living expression is the light that bursts through the gloom. The light, the dark, that darkness could not diminish. The word, the word. This word we hold is alive. We can't survive without it. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the reason we have power. Jesus makes us alive. When you have him, you get this in its fullness. You get greater things. In the Passion Translation, at the very beginning of the book of John, they explain each gospel and why it was written. And I love this. The word is not just dead letters. It's the living expression of God. Jesus Christ. The word came with skin on as the perfect man. The one who is the divine self-expression and fullness of God's glory. Jesus makes this alive to me. Through my salvation and my receiving of his grace, this word becomes my food. It becomes my life. But you can't have the word without the power. You see, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, you've got it. You've got the supernatural understanding of the word, but wait a second, there's more. I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait for the power to see and understand, the power to move in everything, because I have to go to be with my father to, to fulfill the word. He had to leave to fulfill the word, but he also, in fulfilling the word, sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a fulfillment of the promise of the father. You cannot have the word without the Savior. You cannot have the Savior and the word without the power of the Holy Spirit. It will make no sense to you. It will be frustrating to you. This Christian life will be awful. It will be nothing but just trying to do the right things and make sure I'm good enough. But when you get the word and you get the Savior and then you get the power of the Holy Spirit, that power flows out of you and you go and preach the gospel. You see the signs and wonders. You see those miracles happening. That's how I'm standing on this stage. I am not this good. I never thought that God would use me like this. Not lying. Didn't know this was inside of me. But when I married the word with his heart for me and his love for me and the power of the Holy Spirit, I get to do this. And you may not think I'm good at it, and that's okay. But I get to do it. And I, and I feel his power and his love flow through me. And it's not about me. It's for his glory. See, everything we get to do, every part of our destiny brings him glory. You exist to bring him glory. I exist to bring him glory. Not to impress you with fancy words. Come on. That's why we have our Savior. That's why the word is alive. And if you jump to Luke 24, 29, you can just look on the screens. It's on the screens. And I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. Stay here in the city until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps around you. I want mighty power from heaven to fall upon me and wrap around me. I cannot live without the power. You cannot have the word without the power. You cannot have the power without the word. And the word, capital W, is Jesus. Come on. Is it making sense? Acts chapter 1, 4 through 5. 
Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about. The gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The power is coming. Point number two is power. The power is so that I can give away all that he has given to me. Why do we need the power? So that Shelley can know. So that that baby can know. So that Andrew can know. So that all the people out there can know. Amen? In Luke 24, 50 through 53, I know I'm jumping around. Jump with me. This is good. Jesus led his disciples out to Bethany. He lifted up his hands over them and blessed them in his love. While he was still speaking out words of love and blessing, he floated off the ground into the sky, ascending into heaven before their very eyes, and all they could do was worship him. Overwhelmed and ecstatic with joy, they made their way back to Jerusalem. Every day they went to the temple praising and worshiping God. They waited, they obeyed. Can you imagine being at the ascension and not going back to Jerusalem? Like, not taking Jesus at his word, that would be a bummer of a day. I missed it. Don't miss it. Receive it. Yeah. Something just hit me, though. They waited, but what did they do while they were waiting? What did they do? Praise God and worshiped him. What do you do while you're waiting? Praise him. Worship him. Praise him. Worship him. This is so good. He is so good. I love his word. It's so alive. If you jump to Acts 2, 4. <laughs> what happened? Goodness, Jesus said it. It happened. He, he, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait. The promise is coming. They went to Jerusalem and worshiped and praised and waited. And what happened? The promise came. The Holy Spirit came. He showed up. He keeps his promises. If the enemy is telling you that God is a liar, I am telling you right now, he is the liar. He is the one, the deceiver, not the father. He keeps his promises. He keeps his word. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak languages they had never learned. That's Acts 2.4. I love that. You know, we get hung up on the tongues part when we hear about the Holy Spirit and we're like, well, okay, she's, she's talking crazy. We're going to not talk about that part because that's the tongues part and I don't, I don't do the tongues part. But we can believe him for a miracle of healing see cancer fall off somebody's body, see a, a, a metal rod disappear out of a back, just completely disappear. We can believe him for a financial miracle, but we're afraid to invite him into this place, this mouth, and let him have complete, not, I'm not going to say control because it's not control, it's complete reign, complete fullness you see, without the Holy Spirit, we lack a fullness of the gospel of the Godhead. We can't have this life without him. And we lack that fullness if we don't have him. Amen? We need him. It's, Holy Spirit's not an it. 
either, just so you know. Okay? Through the word of power, through the word, the power came. Jesus said it, they believed it, they moved in it, and the power came. Jesus told them the Holy Spirit was their power to accomplish greater things. There is a difference between knowing the Bible and knowing the living word. You can know the word, but is the word alive in you? The only way the word can come alive is to bring redemptive work through the power of the Holy Spirit. Separating the two is not and will not be effective in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is not um, a maybe, if, might. You could get them. If you're good enough to receive the Holy Spirit's power, maybe you'll get filled. If you pray like this, ba, 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 maybe the Holy Spirit will come on you. If you fall, maybe you'll receive. All those things may happen, everybody, but that's not what it's about. That's, it's, it's about receiving his work in us, right? If we receive the fullness of Jesus and the grace that he's given us, then we can receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit and move in power. And Scott, when you step into that meeting, that principal meeting, the Holy Spirit's going to give you divine revelation, and you're going to be able to speak to that situation way above your capability, and it's going to blow your mind. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Actively, when you go into that gas station and you see somebody, the Holy Spirit's going to speak and say, give them Jesus right now. Don't hesitate. A mama texted me last week. Her child was afraid of somebody coming into the house and taking them out of the house. This fear was manifesting in this little baby. And this little baby needed Jesus. And she, they prayed together. They did all the things. And then we realized that he hadn't said yes to Jesus. I think I shared this story last week. But little Mason said yes to Jesus. She took his hand and said, have you asked Jesus into your heart? Because he needs the power in him. He needs the power over fear. Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, the word, is the power over fear. And so when he received Jesus, he took her hand and he led himself to the Lord. He's five. He's like, Jesus, I need you in my blood. I love it. And what's so fun is that our kids are not too young. They're not too young to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. They're not too young to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They're not too young. And it's not too late for you. It's not. I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. He has come for us to have all of the fullness of the gospel truth. All of the fullness of the book of Acts and the churches, the books of the churches after. All of the fullness of signs and wonders and miracles. That's why he came. To give us complete wholeness, like we're restored back to the garden. How cool is that? You're made whole, and you have the ability to receive his full abundant power. Bill Johnson said, I'm responsible to protect what God has given me. No one else has the assignment. Burning within my soul is a piece of the original flame from the day of Pentecost. It's been handed down from generation to generation. That fire burns deep inside, and because of it, I'll never be the same again. My passion for Jesus is growing continually, and the signs and wonders he promised are happening as a regular part of my life. 
That is why we are doing this message series. Because the power of the Holy Spirit, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, Jesus, everything that he paid for is to be a regular part of our lives. Not just every once in a while. Every time. Greater things come through the fullness of the word and power. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are inseparable. The Father instructed him to say it. We must take him at his word, receive the power of the Spirit, and get on with it. Don't keep staring at your running shoes. Put them on. Let's go. Amen? Why are we so willing to receive a miracle but struggle with the Holy Spirit? What if the Holy Spirit gets a hold of me? I'm ready. I want to walk on water. I want to see radical miracles, not just to see them. You know what happens when you see a miracle? Your faith is increased. Redemption happens in everyone around you. You see somebody healed at a gas station, I guarantee you they're going to get jumpy up and down excited about the healing, and they're going to go tell somebody. It overflows. The power flows from you, then flows into somebody else, and then flows into somebody else. Corinthians 2, 4 through 5, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. This is Paul speaking. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. I don't want you to believe this because I am saying it and I'm preaching it in a understandable way. I don't want you to rest on my wisdom and my understanding. It is on God's power only. Amen? The gospel is not accompanied, if the gospel is not accompanied by a demonstration of power, we may see a response, but not a life changed. The miracle realm of God is always with a purpose. He doesn't come upon people with power to show off or entertain. Demonstrations of power are redemptive in nature. He does miracles. He does signs. He does wonders to demonstrate his love for us. He wants us active in it, moving in it constantly. Because if, what does it do? It pours out love, pours out glory. Amen? Will you stand with me? If you want to see sick people healed, look for the sick and pray for them. Come on. I will not go nowhere if I'm afraid to fail. It is time for us to stop talking ourselves out of power I will not lower the standard of the Bible to my experience. It is a continual pursuit. There's always more. There's always more. We can't be, get comfortable. If you don't understand, you keep pursuing until you get the understanding through the power of the Holy Spirit. If something doesn't make sense to you, you talk to the Lord and you figure it out. Don't get comfortable. Don't get complacent. Don't give up on him. He has more for you. He has more for the people around you. You see, once you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, once you receive the fullness of the Word of God, it pours out of you and it multiplies. He multiplies through you. He pours glory through you for his glory, for his fame. Amen? 
Amen. Daily, I will pick up my cross. And daily, I will invite the Holy Spirit to do the miraculous. So you may be wondering, well, Leslie, that all sounds good. So the, the, the church, they went to Jerusalem and they waited for the Holy Spirit to come. What do I got to do to receive the power of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, we're in a Pentecostal church. And just in case you didn't know, this is a big part of who we are. But you know what? It's not, it's not crazy. It is his word. It's timeless truth. And he said it's for you. He said, I want you to go and I want you to receive the power so that you can go into all the world and preach the gospel. There's a reason why you need the power. So that your family will be saved. So that your friends will be saved. So that the people in your workplace will be saved. There is a reason you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, the word in your life, and the saving grace of Jesus in your life. And all of those three married together is fire. And all you have to do is ask. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Do you need the power of the Holy Spirit to pursue Jesus in fullness? Yes. The answer is yes. I need him. I can't do this life without the power of the Holy Spirit. This will make no sense to me. I will not be able to accomplish one jot. I will not be able to accomplish it without the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need you, Holy Spirit. So it is very simple. And every single one of us need to do this today. ask. And if you've received your language, that's wonderful. If you don't receive your language today, that's wonderful. The Holy Spirit is in you. He didn't deny you. Your language will come. That's one of those cool opportunities we get, but it's not what makes the Holy Spirit prevalent in your life. It's the overflow. It's the overflow. So you don't not get the Holy Spirit if your language doesn't come right now. Come on, listen to me. You receive that power every single day. Your language will come. You may be in the shower. You may be driving down the road. You may be helping your kids, and all of a sudden, this language pours out of you. And if you get words, if words start to come, you don't be afraid. You don't hesitate to speak them out. Let the Holy Spirit pour out of you. There's no mystery here. It's just that I surrender, and I want all of you. And I know through Christ, I am good enough. I know through Christ, I am full of abundance. And that I can receive your full power right now today. So if you have, first of all, let's do this. If you're in the house and you need Jesus, he is here for you. And he has made this word alive. And if you need him in your life today, today is your moment. Right now is your moment. We will, I, I don't want to go one Sunday without giving an opportunity to come to know him. He loves you. On that cross, he paid for it all. Not part of it, not some of it, not just so you could have an average life. He paid so that you could have an abundant life, a full life, a healthy life. So you could have healthy marriages, healthy children, healthy families. So that you could see God do the miraculous every single day. He loves you. So that if that is you and you want to ask him to be in your heart, to be in your life, to be moving and having his life in you, this is your moment. Let's pray together. Let's pray together right now. Don't hesitate, don't hold back. Jesus, I need you. This, let this be your prayer. Jesus, I need you in my life. I need your life in me. I need your forgiveness in me. I need your wholeness in me. Please forgive me for sinning. Please forgive me for turning away. I'm turning to you, I'm running to you, I need you. 
speak to him whatever pours out of you you have this relationship now you are in Christ now you are saved you are redeemed you are healed you are delivered that is what you have in Christ and right now I'm gonna extend the invitation and you can step out of your seat if you want to you can stay where you are but I feel like this stepping this moving forward is important because they went to Jerusalem they went to Jerusalem and they said, Holy Spirit, we want all of you. The promise to be fulfilled. And this promise is for you today. So if you would like to step forward in this moment to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, in, in a, I don't even want to say like, you're going to receive him every day. It's going to be an ongoing flow. But I want you to step out in faith to receive him in fullness right now. If you feel like you need more, if you've been in this for a while, in this walk, this faith journey, and you need more of the Holy Spirit, step out. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you want your language, step out. Don't hesitate right now. This is your time. Do not let fear stop you from moving. Word and power, power and word. A never-ending flow of more. To effectively walk this out, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like we could all step forward in this moment. We could all say more. So in that posture, as we pray, as we worship, I want you to ask the Lord for more, new, more revelation. I want you to go to war in the power of the Holy Spirit against cancer. Go to war against a sickness. Whatever is on your mind, whatever you are feeling a pull towards, salvation for your family, you go to war in the power of the Holy Spirit right now as we worship and as we pray. And if you feel the Lord moving you to step forward and take a step of faith, do it.